Welcome to the Founders Corner podcast, the podcast where ambitious entrepreneurs and professionals come to learn the secret of success from our founder, AJ. Join AJ as he sits down with healthcare professionals to discuss ways of improving their marketing efforts. As an entrepreneur and a proud owner of several seven-figure web-based businesses, AJ has now dedicated himself to helping healthcare professionals and building up their practices. If you would like to contact AJ and become a guest on Founders Corner Podcast, fill out the form on our website. Hi, Dr. Wong. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, AJ. Thanks for having me. Yes. So, uh, you know, let's start with, give us some backgrounds for, for actually for me and also for my audience so that they, they can relate to your questions better. So if you don't mind, just give us a quick uh, background in terms of what uh, about you and, and about your practice. Absolutely. So I'm Dr. Stephanie J. Wong. I am a licensed clinical psychologist and I work at a veterans hospital. And for my private practice, I work in the Bay Area and with a lot of ethnic minorities and work, they work primarily in tech. I have seen people across the mental health spectrum. So I'm able to have a firm grasp of kind of the more acute uh, presenting issues that people have. And then, um, you know, in, in tech, I don't think they're any different from anyone else. They have various issues of depression, anxiety. They may have, you know, be diagnosed with bipolar disorder, et cetera. So um, it, it's been very rewarding to be able to work with multiple populations. I am a solo uh, practitioner. Uh, and so I know today we're going to be talking about the possibility of how to build a practice, uh, a group practice. I'm also the mm -hmm. author. Oh, I'm also the author of Cancel the Filter, Realities of a Psychologist, Podcaster, and Working Mother of Color. Okay. You know, perfect. And so, you know, you are in definitely the right area. You know, we badly need to address this mental health issue mm -hmm. uh, in, in, in this country. I, I am I don't know what has happened, but it looks like there's a there's a big disease. So can you maybe share a little bit in terms of why you you see uh, this explosion of uh, the issue? I mean, you know, the, if you look at the uh, suicide rate, uh, everything seems like is all time high. So what what are you finding? I mean, I'm just curious, and I I know that my audience would love to uh, to get your point of view in terms of what what is triggering this uh, sudden looks like you know like I said. Uh, explosion of the requirement for mental health support. Well, I don't think mental health has not been an issue in previous years. I think it's becoming more front and center and people are talking about it more, especially with mm -hmm. the pandemic. And it showed that people need people and isolation and separation from others, like human contact has not been helping. And as yep. people are moving towards reintegrating and socializing, I've noticed that there's a difficulty in doing so. Um, not only that, but yeah. many of our kids, most of our kids had to do school online. So depending on what age they were doing that, maybe their socio-emotional development has been delayed comparatively uh -huh. to previous generations. Makes a lot of sense what, what you're saying. So thank you. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, good. So, Dr. Wong, let's just get down to your specific questions, see if I can, I can help you. Uh, so why don't you go ahead and start with your questions? Absolutely. So like I mentioned, I'm a sole proprietor and work as the only provider. And that's why I started the podcast Color of Success, because I wanted to give more resources and for guests to share their insight about their presenting concerns or ways that they've been able to build parallel Mm -hmm. to some of the issues that they've been facing. And so there's a huge stigma in our communities, in various ethnic minority communities, but particularly in the AAPI community of even seeking mental health. And so Mm -hmm. I'm really hoping to build a possible group practice. Now, my bandwidth has been pretty limited, as you've seen from all the things that I am like have my hands in. So Mm -hmm. um, how would you in how would you transition from a solo practice to a group practice? So, you know, um, so here is what I, I will give you my suggestion because in, in an interesting way, I transitioned not in the profession, right? When I started my business, I was the one person, you know, doing everything like I used to, to I tell people that I was a janitor, I was the CEO, I was the secretary, mm-hmm. I was everything. Uh, and as you start to grow, the what you have to decide is what and what what are the areas that you have to be involved in. So so the about the only way to to start getting into the next next mode because as you get into the you know mode like a group practice, uh, there will be a different time requirements, right? So so you know there are certain different requirements. And it's identifying number one, of course, what the requirements, but on your end, what are the things that you can pass it on to someone else as you have practiced, you have more help in what what would you like to delegate? So that the decision to delegate what portion of your work is going to be the most critical piece. Uh, That's how it was actually for me. Is once, once I learned to start delegating, things became you know, so much more manageable. And that way you could, you would be able to think about how to grow the practice, right? The group practice instead of, you know, what it, you know, it's, it's almost like, okay, how do I handle everything? So you, you will have, you have a lot of moving parts right now, as you have already mentioned. Uh, the next step before you, you even uh, take a plunge into the group practice is to decide and say, okay, what are the moving parts that, I want someone else to handle, not me. And and it's, it's I, I can tell you that it won't be an easy task. I'm telling you as a business person, because when you ha- when you start your business, when you're running everything, it is it's very difficult to uh, to take a step back and say, oh, this is not important, or you know, this someone else can do it because we we have this tendency that you know we are the best at everything. Uh, that's that's how you become an entrepreneur anyway. Uh, so given that, yes, I will do that. Maybe some uh, business coach will help, but really you have to think about what, what are the things that you enjoy most, which is, uh, you know, which is also important and figure out how do you want to, um, start, um, offloading some of your, uh, work. Could you walk me through a little bit of that decision-making process for yourself? Because 
as an entrepreneur myself as well, like I've had to really think about those questions. And I guess I'm wondering your insight on that because I've had, uh, you know, I've incorporated um, an editor Mm -hmm. producer into the podcast, a social media manager, um, and really reached out to community contacts. But how, how do you identify what to offload to people and, and what to keep? So I, I will give it sure. So I can share with, with you my, my experience. Uh, the first thing, obviously, and, and it's not obviously, but I started my business from my work, from my home, right? So first, my first best decision was to move out of the house and rent an office after a year and a half in the business. And the second thing that I did is I, when I hired uh, a, you know, an assistant for myself, it made, it freed up so much of my time that it was not even interest, uh, funny because here I was, you come in and, and someone calls. I don't know how you are managing it, but in my case, I can tell you that I was taking every phone call. I was answering everything. I was telling people, sorry, we are not interested if they're trying to sell something. Uh, a lot of my time was going on on the call, um, uh, on the phone. So having someone to answer the phone was already like such a such a huge difference because she could filter out, she could take out, you know. And I'm saying she because it was she when when I hired her, and and she was able to to really even address some of the question, uh, some of the issues of uh, the clients. All of a sudden, I had lot of free time to focus on trying to see you know where my business is working where it's not working where where i need to make changes right which may be something that i check it off so so that was the the first starting point and and after that i started to realize that okay i cannot be expert in everything we were doing digital marketing i was like uh, no i i can't cannot be expert in everything so i started to to identify my strength, which was always has been the strategy. I used to be in corporate America before I started my uh, my business. Was always strategy, and I enjoyed doing that. So I started to, as I started to say, okay, I want to focus on the strategy aspect of my my client business, and I need to hire people to do the execution. I was doing the execution also for them, and and of course I you don't uh, build a team immediately. So the most tedious thing that uh, that I least enjoyed, I hired someone to do the work for me, on, to, to do, do those work, and, and eventually kept on moving down and, and bringing people to delegate. Now, obviously, I have a fairly large team of 400 people. Uh, so, so as I start, you just keep on moving, get to a point where, now I spend most of my time uh, in either troubleshooting or strategizing, you know, or, or discussing the growth plan, you know, the marketing, and that that's the piece that I have been to. So I'm no longer in the weeds of the business where every I'm doing everything, uh, and so so that's that's what you can see that from doing everything, uh, like I said, you know, janitor to CEO. So whether you're doing strategy or doing marketing sales, you know, now I, I have, you know, whittled down to the area that I enjoy most. I know that I'm most effective there. And as a result, you know, a lot of the people within the organization also 
get a chance to thrive because I know, I understand what they're doing, but I don't in, in, interfere because I don't need to. I can see that they're doing a good job. Uh, it's just that, like I always say, I can do it, but I don't want to do it. So, mm-hmm. so that's, that's what I, w- I would do is if you introspect, take a look at all your activities. I mean, the, the one thing that I, I did best, and I will tell you, uh, there was a time when I almost thought that I'm just going to go back to, um, to work. Uh, you know, I was in decent demand in those days uh, because I was just, it felt like unending seven days a week and I was not very happy. And and one Saturday I went and I started to reflect. I started to look at what, what is happening. It turned out that there were like four clients that were creating so much hassle for me that my life was just like, um, you know, it was just like I was like running like chicken without head. Uh, so what I did on Monday, calmly called those clients and I resigned. And then, you know, their accounts like, okay, one month notice that I was supposed to give you. Now they, all of them thought, two of them said, fine. Uh, yeah, you know, I don't, cannot change. The two of them say, okay, sorry, I didn't realize what I was doing. Mm-hmm. They didn't have, ended up staying. This I'm talking you, talk, telling you about 2005. And one of the client is still my client today, which is 18 years and, and fairly significant. They, you know, he, in terms of dollar terms, is probably the, the largest. Uh, dollars for my business has was you know, come from that particular client. So, so it's, it's that's what introspection. Try to see what you're enjoying, what you're uh, not enjoying, uh, and and then also when the things that you enjoy, take a look at what you are doing in terms of um, uh, what you're doing in terms of getting the most out of it. Right. So, if you are doing podcasting. And I do podcasting, but you know, for me, I don't. I'm I do podcasts because I just want people, you know, who are interested, to listen to it and understand, uh, and maybe help, right? To give them some ideas. It's like, oh, okay, this is what I can do for my business. I don't have any um, ambition, I would say, to become like, you know, podcaster of the year and have million people following me. So the activities that we do for podcasts is is sufficient that uh, after this podcast, we'll post it out. We will put it on our social media. We will know that uh, everyone who is interested can see it. And beyond that, I'm, I'm good, right? But if you, uh, you know, versus if I was a, in the podcasting business, then I would, I would put a lot more energy mm-hmm. into popularize it, right? So that a lot of other people read so when you're doing all the time that you're spending, take a step back and see, okay, what I'm doing, and and really, if you're doing halfway, it always, uh, I would say, you are better off stopping it. I, you know, I'm I'm from the marketing uh, arena, right? I worked 100 years back in the corporations when I was uh, responsible for TV and and radio and print advertising. And in all the all over the country, and my philosophy always was that I will take one channel, and and until I saturate it, I'm not going to even bother about other channels. In other words, I don't believe in sprinkling a little bit of money here, a little bit of uh, there, or 
when I'm saying money, it's the same thing as with effort, right? So you have like 24 hours a day. So whatever time that you are spending on different business activities, you have to, to make sure that it's not affecting your other activities. In other words, you are, you are not spending enough time on other things that will give you the, you know, the highest return. So whatever you pick up, my suggestion is just make sure that 100% of that is done rather than taking, doing 80% of five things. I would do 100% of two things. Uh, and, and you will find that it's more effective when you're building your business. So I'm wondering too about that fiscal distribution, right? Because a lot of times as entrepreneurs, when you start, you have very little seed mm -hmm. money. And so balancing that risk-taking of building your team out and, you know, acquiring customers and things like that. Um, how do mm -hmm. you manage that, I guess, anxiety, but also the realism that you're not necessarily in the green yet when you're doing a project? So, so you, you see, I find, uh, if you ask me, now I, when, I, when I reflect back, I find, you know, uh, I wouldn't say lack of, but, but not having a lot of money uh, is a big plus because it just forces you to focus on what activity is going to give you the highest return, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, and so that's when you're building it from your, I know that you're in the Silicon Valley, and there is a tendency that, okay, I want to breathe and how much money I, can I raise? I mean, every business, I, I do some uh, also mentoring. Mm -hmm. And I cannot tell you how many times I have someone come in and I said, why are you looking to raise fund? I don't even understand that. Uh, you know, this is something if you're, if you're not able to, to, to raise 25, if you don't have $25,000, $50,000, you shouldn't be in the business, right? So, you know, and if you don't have support. Uh, to survive, so 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 that's my. I think that oh, the anxiety piece. Is, I will tell you the anxiety goes up because we always overextend. So if if you overextend yourself, it it will. It you will become more anxious. Uh, the the thing always. Other thing that I always say is that when you have since you have started a business. It will not, the success will not be instantaneous, right? So what you need is a persistence and, and you figure out the growth, but if, you know, you, you should be growing, but don't make it unrealistic. So one of the biggest reasons for anxiety is that say you, you know, I'm just throwing the number, say you are at a million dollar revenue stage and next year you want to get to 10 million. Uh, it is number one, of course, you go and you you uh, read case studies, and you will find five companies in the in the universe that got that. But those are really the like the major outliers. If you look at the average, uh, so so again, given your resources, you should have a growth plan, but be very realistic. Okay, so so that you you can you can do it, and and please do not overextend. Since you are starting your own business, it just never makes sense. To overextend, and that's one of the the biggest reason, by the way, the companies, uh, the startups go out of business, is the because they run run out of resources, right? And so, so that's and overextending never makes sense. I can never understand businesses that have, and I know of 
the businesses, right? And many failures and some successes also. They took loans to go out and, and big, run a big advertising campaign. And uh, my answer to, uh, is always that, yes, if today, if I know that I can spend million dollars and I'll get five million in return, of course, I'll beg, borrow, steal. I will manage that to get that. But if it say maybe you will get five million, I'm not going to do that because that that will that can really disrupt my life, right? If the maybe doesn't doesn't work out, so that will be at the you know being able to sleep at night. Uh, that is you know I learned that it was very important. I I was very much what you are saying. I was very much like that, like I was saying. And as I started, you know, overextending, I never did. By the way. So it was never my thing to, uh, you know, to grow the business into a whatever hundred million dollars in three years. So, so that maybe I'm not saying it cannot be done. By the way, Dr. Wong, but all all I I can tell you is I did not. Uh, that was not my plan. My plan was to first grow, make make a, uh, a company that can endure, that can last for a long time. Uh, you know, we have been in business for twenty years now. This this year will be congratulations thank you and i cannot tell you how many businesses that started during my time and really it was you know almost like a fly-by-night operator i mean i i was in digital marketing and suddenly the companies will pop up and they will say oh we are doing 500 websites a month it's like i don't even know how you get the business there like a a huge call center and they are calling everyone and then, yeah, the owner got rich, and then the business disappeared, right? Mm. Now, I don't know if the clients were happy or not happy, but obviously all the employees, you can imagine that, yeah, owner makes money and says, oh, you know, I am done. I don't even know what they were doing. And there's so many companies that came and, and, and went, and most of them that went out because, you know, I, I was in – active in Chamber of Commerce. I met with many of those people mm-hmm. and their goal was to become rich very quickly. And some of them probably got, I don't know because I did not follow, but I can tell you the companies are not there. Uh, so, you know, versus the companies that have stayed that I know and, and most of them are doing honestly better than me. Uh, they were like same solid. They had a plan to you know, to be in the there in the in the long run, um, you know, grew. Many of them grew faster than me, so they they must have done something right. But the fact of you know, and they went and they raised money. I, I didn't raise money because I, you know, whatever <laughs> that that was one of my thing. But yeah, all the the enduring companies are the ones who who are in no hurry. So they had a long term view, right? And then they were persistent. Um, and and at the same time, when you see something not working, just pivot. So one of the last questions I have is for those that are teetering on whether to keep their full-time job or take the jump to, you know, as an entrepreneur, what advice would you give those folks? So I would say that you, it's your personal situation must dictate that decision, right? Um, you know, if you... For example, if you have, and I, I don't know uh, if you are married or not, but suppose you are you are married and, and you can, you can live, 
So you don't have to worry about the mortgage and the rent and everything or the, or the rent and that's, all. That's typically uh, not the case you, in the Bay Area, <laughs> unless you are that <laughs> unicorn. <laughs> exactly. I, I know that. So, so the, the challenge is it should be the personal situation. I, I can tell you that because I was in the corporate America for 17 years mm-hmm. uh, and I did okay in, you know, not a big deal, but, but I've been a vice president for large companies for, for quite some time. So I knew that I can sustain for four years, right, without any revenue. And, and even there, I was very careful not to go and dump all the money quickly uh, because and that being slow helped me with things that is not working. Okay, so if you know when you are starting up, I will tell you, you you will fail, right? On uh, not as a business, but on a lot of things that you'll do, you will fail. Uh, that's this is given. My advice always is, fail quickly, fail cheaply, right? So <laughs> if you're <laughs> trying like something, yeah, try it. Uh, and, and don't waste too much time and, and don't waste too much money. So when you're trying 10 things and nine things fail, fine. So long you are not spent a lot of money and a lot of time, you can move on, learn the lessons, right? And the one that worked, you can build upon that. Uh, so so this was, I mean, there is, unfortunately, there's no answer for that. It, your personal situation has to dictate. I mean, I know that, again, the the conventional wisdom you will hear of people saying, oh, I put everything and <laughs> and took my house and took a loan. And yeah, some people succeed with that, but many people also go bankrupt, right, mm-hmm. in their personal life. So so that that is some, that's what I always say. It, it depends. Is the person, it, it is your, you know, your own situation and also your, um, I would say your personality. Um, when I started my business, I had like two kids going to, um, you know, middle school. So really, my I had a very different situation, and I never had that personality to to put everything at risk, mm-hmm. right? And and it's like, okay, I'm just going to betting everything on uh, on this. So, but but I'm not saying that it is bad, wrong, bad or wrong. You know, I'm, I'm I will not put down someone who does it because that tells you their commitment and their belief in it. Uh, it's just that when someone advises, asks me for the advice, I say, I wouldn't do that. Uh, you know, right. just because, because I wouldn't do that. So I cannot suggest someone that you should try that. Right. Absolutely. No, that makes a lot of sense. So, so, so tell me if you don't have any question, I have a couple of questions for you. Sure. Uh, so, so what is the plan? How many years you have been in your practice, and when you want to start to to move on? And so, first thing, are, are you also working and doing this practice? Yes, yes, I work at a, a hospital for military veterans, and I've been there for over a decade. And um, okay, yeah, I'm in a leadership role. I have like 17 years uh, left till my 30 years, and so I started really young. I went straight from my undergrad to the PhD program. And so, mm-hmm. you know, my 30 years, I will be in my fifties versus like in my late sixties. And so, okay. um, 
Yeah. And, and also I started the practice in 2016. So I didn't go straight from, you know, working to jumping into another situation, although, you know, it was appealing to me. It, it was more Mm of like, Hey, let's try this. I liked your, your mantra, right? It's like, let's try this out. It's very low risk. I wasn't looking to do it, but a colleague said, Hey, we're renting out the space for like $10 an hour, which is like dirt cheap here (laughs) um, on a, on the days that I could work. And so I said, Hey, you know, let me try it out. It's, it's by Mm -hmm. hour of use. So it wasn't like I had to pay like monthly rent if I didn't use it. Uh And so I was like, Hey, let me, let me see. And at the time a startup was building up uh, where they were contracting new providers and that I've, I've been with that company for since 2017. And I, absolutely believe in what they're doing they they pay their providers very very well and um, Mm -hmm. also on the side I was able to now build like about half or um, 60 percent of private pay versus taking on you know that contracting work so um, there was very little risk when I started and um, the podcast didn't come until you know the pandemic when I took Dr. Varghese's selling the couch podcast he really helped me Mm -hmm. build my business like from the private practice side of it and so Mm -hmm. when he offered a free master class I love free I was like yeah let me (laughs) let me check this out (laughs) I wasn't in the business of like trying to start a whole podcast empire whatnot but um he -hmm. said what message do you want to communicate and like I said I couldn't see everyone one-on-one uh, fortunately, people were starting to seek uh, help at that time and, and even now. And so I was like, okay, I really want to destigmatize mental health in the community. So I started this and now we're in season six. Um, something I get a lot of joy out of, like you said, podcasting yeah. is its business in itself. And I don't look at it as like, this is going to be my sole source of income. In fact, like I, mm-hmm. I fund a lot of it, but more so that. I'm able to connect with people. I love just talking to people. Like, I'm so glad I met you. Like this is, this has been an amazing experience. And uh, these folks tend to turn into my friends and just like a support system. So um, yeah, perfect. Yeah. And uh, your podcasting is goals are almost similar to what my goals are. Yes. That's, that's very good. Um, Great. So, so, so now that that you are here, so you are are you are you able to reduce the hours that you spend at uh, the VA and uh, increase here? I mean, do you, what kind of flexibility do you have in your job? So, basically, have my private practice on the days where I'm not there. I work four tens, and so mm-hmm. um, I'm able to like sprinkle in. I've really continued to set that goal for myself in private practice to pull back a lot because um, fortunately for the first time in ever since I've been there, they have really uh, provided some great uh, benefits. Um, They've always provided great benefits, but in terms of financially. And so now I have way less pressure to do more private practice clients. And so I'm pretty selective in my slots. And in fact, For the past couple of years, I've only taken like a couple new clients and um, anytime I'm like, okay, I'm capped out, then the clients from like three years ago come back and say, hey, can I have like a, a checkup <laughs> or startup session? So then it becomes, 
accommodating those folks. But I always say like, I prioritize the patients that I've worked with because that's the long standing trusting relationship that you build with your providers. And so um, I've tried to scale back that. And then um, I took a break uh, from podcasting during the holidays in terms of recording and things like that. So I try my best to do that. And I say, hey, if as long as people want to come on the show, I'm game. And so it's still rolling in. And I, I had to, like you do, fill out a guest, have a guest request form to make sure that people's values were aligning with what our show was. And it wasn't just like, hey, I'm selling something. No, I really want to know mm -hmm. the mental health impact or how you cope with mental health stressors while you are building what, you know, what they're building or their careers. Perfect. So, so the, this is fantastic. So I think that you may be able to, because you have overflow of clients, so the, so maybe you can start with collaborating with with someone, right? Or maybe a young, uh, you know, psychiatrist that that you you believe in, or or someone who who is in in your situation where you can you can together start to pass on, um, you know, the your uh, your you know patient or client, and and really you can even start to focus on. You know, I like this kind of, you know, situations where, where versus that uh, other person could be a different kind of situation, right? If if you like talking to the young people uh, in the high tech world with, you know, the problem, especially with, you know, all these. I know uh, my son is in Google, so I know exactly what you're talking about in terms yes. of stress there. Uh, so, so you know, you. It, you you have that maybe you can focus on that and then someone you can collaborate with, where some other people that it comes to come to you or even some of your uh, clients that I would you would rather not deal with you can pass it on and and vice versa. So when you're when you're building uh, a, a practice, it's one thing to say okay I have my you know I have my practice and I'm going to build a group by hire start to hire people. Uh, another thing is to just collaborate with someone, another person to say, okay, let's just start a practice together, uh, right? And then, then after that, you know, so essentially bringing a partner, right? Medical uh, practices have this ten, uh, this process of, you know, the partnership a lot uh, that they have where they started and they will bring new, uh, uh, you know, the new physicians. They will. Uh, for a while, they will work on on salary with the very clear expectation that they will build their practice so that they can start to contribute to the uh, to the whole partnership. And eventually, they become partner, right? Once mm -hmm. they start doing it, uh, so everything. So maybe just take a look at the model of how this medical practices, you know, how they are growing, uh, how they grow, and maybe that's the that's the model that will uh, that could work for you beautifully without even needing to leave um, your uh, uh, you know your your VA job you you can literally be there where you ha you are taking the work that you love most right where where which where you are bringing the best value there are other people who can take care of other you know other problems and and while they are doing it they are also contributing to the system mm -hmm. to your practice rather than be a burden on it. So just right. think about that, this particular option, 
how you are doing and and that could be the the way to do it just collaborate with someone start to build together i mean i don't know if you are thinking like that or whether you're thinking about doing it on your own uh, but this is one option if you are looking for i don't want to you know again take a take a jump and and then find out if i'm going to swim or sink or sink uh, that may be the the option that i would mm-hmm. suggest yeah i mean i'm interested in media i i really enjoyed you know launching and publishing this book and being in podcasting um i mean in terms of the the private practice i think that that's something that i think about in terms of long term strategy of um being able to step back per se on the one on one factor i i love the veterans they they have my heart like i work with yeah. people who are homeless unemployed have substance abuse and and issues and so um it's it, it is interesting when you don't when folks don't have resources um and yeah yeah and you know, know like your son they google offers that that company lira health benefits which provide them with like anywhere from 15 to 20 free um mental health sessions yep. uh and mm-hmm. that that is an amazing amazing benefit so um i mean I like working with all kinds of people, but um, like one of my obviously interests that I'm that I've grown is in media and being able to, um, you know, just educate folks. Yeah, and reach out to more people uh, with your message. So totally understand, and that this is what I was telling, uh, talking about Dr. Wong is just identifying the areas that you you enjoy and put more uh, emphasis on that. Uh, and and like I said, and you don't have to give up on your private practice, but you can just have a collaboration. I mean, you know, I, I have like I know I have several doctor friends, as as you know, a lot of there are a lot of Indian doctors, and mm-hmm. I know I have some <laughs> yeah. uh, because because the kind of business that I have, I have a lot of doctor friends, not just Indian, but I have some very close uh, doctor friends, uh, you know, the of Indian origin. And I can see that their their practice model is like, okay, uh, oh, so-and-so is covering for me. And uh, and I'm like, so they cover, how does it work? It's like, oh, you know, they bill for it. So it's just like, okay, I want to be freed up today if someone else is covering. I know that in your business, that's much harder. Yes. Right, you know, you, you can't have someone say, oh, sorry, I'm not available. You can see Dr. XYZ uh, because it, it's, a, it's a very personal, uh, situation and, and you know, but having said that, you know that that is start to think about the model for the new plan, new patient that come in that you may not be able to take it and and also just just think about it, see how you can focus on the area that you love most and if if it's the podcasting and because you know like Steve Jobs said long time back. <laughs> you know, the most important thing about success is your passion. If you really, if you really don't like something, if you're doing in, in, a, in some business just so that you can make money, you'll get burnt out very quickly because it's always very hard. <laughs> you know, that was Steve Jobs. You know, he's, by the way, he's like, I'm a big fan of Steve Jobs. Um, and, and that was his thing. He was very 
passionate about what he did and he is like you just focus on the areas that you really are passionate about so that when when you run into these obstacles which you will in life you are not going to give up quickly you will persist because you know this this is this is where your heart is um, so yeah, yeah identify that piece and then then i think that you should define and by the way i'm i'm it doesn't have to be a podcast but i'm very happy to to talk to you you know we should just uh, keep up i i'm very uh, excited to see someone like you getting from getting into entrepreneurship journey which you have already taken and uh, with all the different options that you have so i'm very i will be very curious to see how everything works out Absolutely. And by the way, Steve Jobs is a very complicated individual, as we've seen, <laughs> at least in public yeah. per perception, yeah. which is very interesting to me because, you know, in terms of like communication and delegation and all those things. And mm -hmm. I think there's such, I think that's a, a good point is that, that I, what I'd like to communicate is that like entrepreneurship brings so many different uh, facets of one's personality out and to really have yeah. a strong support system around you and also someone to check you and say, you know, hey, maybe you're overextending yourself like you mentioned, or uh, you might not have said that the best way. And so I think it's a continual learning process for sure. Yeah. It, and and every person has their own uh, things that work for them, right? And and that's why I I have a tendency to look at what someone achieved uh, and then so long it was done in an ethical manner and then I, I was uh, you know this Steve Jobs biography uh, when uh, Isaacson asked Wozniak uh, and said hey you know what did he have to be so rude and, yeah, and rough exactly. he, as, as, yeah and he said I don't think so he said if, suppose you were running Apple would you be like that it's like no way I won't and then he thought for for a couple of minutes, but he said, "But you know what? I don't think I would have uh, gotten to Macintosh." In, in, in other words, he's saying it was because of his, you know, insistent and focus. And and he the thing was that he said, "This is what I want." And if you said it's not possible, then he will start yelling, right? It is possible. You will go figure it out. And he said, "You know what? I don't think that we could have." Uh, I would have uh, managed to to get uh, you know get Macintosh, and uh, Isaacson actually uh, wrote a very nice article, um, Dr. Wong. I suggest that you should you can Google it and it will show up. All you have to do is say Isaacson plus you know Harvard Business Review plus Steve Jobs or something. So he wrote an uh, an article saying, hey, you know, my when I published my book, there was there's a lot of these perceptions about Steve Jobs. And he was, he just, what he does, he takes the gist out of it. He said, okay, I can tell you this is the, the reason. See, you know, if you ignore all the personality and all those things, here are the things that Steve Jobs did that, uh, that worked for, uh, for him. You know? And it's, it's a really nice, it's, it's not very big, maybe like seven, eight uh, pages. Okay. Uh, article that I, I said you should read it because I think that since you are starting a business, there's a lot of good things that there you will find. Talking about the focus, talking about selecting few things to do rather than a lot of uh, things to do. 
and 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 all that and and the whole attitude about no compromise which which is amazing i mean that, that that's what made see the see those frankly you know that he will never compromise on on any uh, quality thing but i would say this if when you get a chance you should read that one or you will love it Absolutely. because you already know enough about Steve Jobs that you'll say, okay, you know, here, here's the thing. Because that's what I have always tried to do is like, okay, you know, if you're a jerk in his real life, can I learn something? How the sure, heck did sure. he form <laughs> Apple? I mean, that has been my attitude. You know, with, I have not read the book uh, on Musk. But, you know, Musk is just, you, you will have, you, people just get either, like I'm a big fan or I hate him, and I'm like, I don't know why. I mean, I, I, you know, I don't love him. I don't hate him. But he has done something amazing. So, I, you know, I would rather like to learn, right? You know, what, you know, how he does it so that maybe I can use some piece of it in my own thing. So, I, you know, and you would understand more than anyone else that emotionally, if you take yourself out, then you are able to just see the, oh, okay, you know, the, what are the gold, golden nuggets? And of course, when you are, when you go to pick nuggets, you'll see a lot of dirt around there. But you do, you don't focus on dirt. You just focus on the nuggets. Absolutely. Uh, well, so I would that, love to keep the... in contact with you and and your team. I mean, you guys are fantastic. So I, I definitely fantastic. look forward to that. Okay. Thanks. You uh, know, Dr. Wong, I think we just went over a long time, but it was such a pleasure talking to you uh, today. And Thank let's you so just much. stay in touch. Thank you so much. Okay. All right. Thank you. All right, Dr. Wong, since we are wrapping up our podcast, do you have anything to say to our audience? Any promotion going on? I did. I have my book right here. Um, we just Ooh. published it. It's uh sorry, let me there's a glare. It's awesome. called Cancel the Filter, uh, Realities of a Psychologist, Podcaster, and Working Mother of Color. And it's a very personal book, as AJ was talking about, in terms of the hot messiness of being a working parent. And I have sections on podcasting and AAPI representation. And so there, there's a little bit of uh, things for everybody. It's that kind of book where, you know, it there's a story in there and my oldest pooping on my husband on a plane while she's in a Bjorn. So it's not this like extremely academic book. It's really real talk on what it's been like and how a lot of parents and people think I'm the only one who doesn't have things together. And, you know, based on my bio, people are like, how do you do all these things? But it's like, no, I'm 20 seconds from losing my ass all the time. So uh, <laughs> let's normalize that conversation. So I hope you guys can check it out and uh, let all your audience know um, to, to really join and share your cancel the filter moments with me. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Founders Corner Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate and follow us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and SoundCloud. If you are interested in being a guest, be sure to visit our main page at www.gmlwebteam.com slash the Founders Corner.